Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad-free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to It's a Good Life. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the source of the good life. The source of the good life. And I can boil the source of the good life down to one word. Ambition. If you want the good life, you've got to act on your ambitions. Now, the good life is not going to come knocking on your door. You can't find it vegging on your couch or binging Netflix. The good life must be pursued. The word ambition can produce a lot of different reactions with people because there's actually two types of ambition. A healthy ambition and then a selfish ambition. Now, if you follow this program, you know that I've built my companies on seven biblical principles of success. And one of those principles actually addresses selfish ambition. It's from the book of Philippians. Chapter 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing, that's nothing at all, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Now, that's the kind of ambition we all need to have. We're going to focus today on having a healthy ambition that will lead you to your version of the good life. So, what is the source of the good life? Well, a good life, by definition, it's a happy and enjoyable life. Again, I've been spending a lot of time in the Scriptures lately, so I'm going to be sharing some of that with you. But in the book of James, it says uh, in chapter 3, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life powerful. Who's wise? Who is understanding? That's the wisdom as well as the emotional intelligence. Let them show it by their good life. The definition of ambition, it's an eager or strong desire to achieve something. Do you have a strong desire to achieve something? You know, the great Napoleon himself said, great ambition is the passion of a great character. Those endowed with it may perform very good or very bad acts. All depends on the principles which direct them. So we want to have this legitimate ambition. It's a desire to succeed in the service of others. By very definition, that's a virtue. Zig Ziglar used to say, help enough people get what they want, you'll get everything you want. That's the dynamic. That's what a healthy ambition is. How can I serve you? As I think today and about the theme we have inside our company today, is like we want to delight our customers. In our podcast, we want to delight our audience. I hope you're delighted today by tuning into this episode of the It's a Good Life podcast. That selfish ambition, it's a desire to succeed at the expense of others. And ultimately, it's destructive. So one is a virtue, one is destructive. We want to tap into the healthy form of ambition. And that ambition leads to that strong desire to go and produce and succeed our version of the good life. So again, I have three points for you, as I always do. Here's how you harness this ambition to go and have the good life. Turn your wishes into desires, devote yourself to discipline, and then find your example. Turn your wishes into desires. 
A wish is a feeling one would like to have or do something or see something happen. A desire is a wish that becomes a craving. You know, we all know what sugar cravings are, right? Imagine you had a craving for the good life, a craving for health, a craving for a great relationship with your spouse, a craving for a dynamic relationship with your children, your colleagues, your peers, your staff, your customers, a craving for a great business, a craving for great riches. And the the craving for great riches is going to be in the service of others. Again, we know you, you can have that selfish ambition and you can amass all the gold you want. And, you know, what are you going to do with it? So at the end of the day, how can we turn our wishes into desires? First and foremost, what are the desires of your heart? I love the psalmist said, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart. I got to say, I've owned nice cars, but I never had a desire in my heart for a nice car. What are the, the deeper things? The great Irishman George Bernard Shaw said, imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire. You will what you imagine. And at last, you create what you will. Boy, that man was good. So imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire, and you will what you imagine. And at last, you'll create what you will. That's my hope for you all. Secondly, we turn our desires into goals. Locke and Latham did a study, and they said goal setting is linked with higher motivation, self-esteem, and self-confidence. That's why we always have goal setting at every one of our live events. Goal setting is an integral part of our coaching program. Uh, Basically, what our coaches do is sit down, do a business analysis to find out where somebody is, then help the person they're coaching set goals or reestablish or refine their goals. So here's where I am. Here's where I want to go. And then help them build a plan to go get there and then provide the accountability, the encouragement, the insight, and sometimes the training to get from one place to the other. That's what it's all about. That's how you turn desires into goals. There's obviously a strong connection between goal setting and success, okay? LL Cool J, the great prophet himself, said, stay focused, go after your dreams, and keep moving towards your goals. Ogmandino said, the victory of success is half won when one gains the habit of setting and achieving goals. And Mel Robbins, our great friend, said, when you set a goal, your brain opens up a task list. So this means it goes from, okay, I've got this desire, now it becomes more concrete in the form of a goal than it always shows up in a practical set of tasks to go do. And that's where we get to part C here, which is turn your goals into a daily routine. So what are the desires of your heart? Turn those desires into goals, and then the goals get turned into a daily routine. Now, we have many, many methods of goal setting that we teach. There's seven altogether. One of them is a, an old tried method called SMART goals. That goals are specific, they're measurable, they're attainable, they're realistic, and they're time-based. And so that's the SMART goal system. We've had that for a long, long time. We all know the famous quote, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. We have to have those beginnings. So we got to turn the goals into a daily routine and a set of activities we're going to go do. Because otherwise, we're just a dreamer. So we want the good life. We want to act on our ambitions. We got to turn our wishes into desires. The second thing to really tap into the source of the good life and harness this ambition is to devote yourself to discipline. The definition of devote is to give over or direct either time, money, or effort to a cause, enterprise, or activity. 
The definition of discipline is controlled behavior resulting from training that produces improvement. Discipline is the key. Discipline is when you do what you need to do when you don't feel like doing it, which is most days. If I only worked out when I felt like it, honest to God, if I worked out when I felt like it, I might work out 10 times a year. But I have developed the discipline of working out, and that is a discipline for me. And I have so many demands on my schedule, and sometimes the day starts before I start. The calls start coming in. You know, Ireland is eight hours ahead of San Diego. Sometimes the calls come in, the emergencies start, there's difficulties, there's challenges, all kinds of stuff. I got a busy business, a hectic schedule, a full family, a whole host of businesses I own. The day can sometimes start before I do. And and I'm going to share with you, discipline is the key. So for me, discipline starts with the first sub-point here is win the morning. Win the morning. And I have a morning routine. Now, I am voracious about doing it in the morning. If I have a day that blows up, and I had one a couple days ago, there was a conference call set up at 6 o'clock in the morning because the my daughter's trying to make an Olympic team. I had a business meeting that had to get changed because it was the death of a family member and so on and so forth in Ireland. So my I, next thing you know, I had 6, 7, 8, 9 in the morning, back-to-back meetings. Never happens, just couldn't be avoided. My schedule got blown up. But I would say nine out of 10 days, this is my morning routine. And I start with what I call centering prayer. I was learning that from Thomas Keating. And there's a, an app I use, which is basically at 20 minutes. It has a little gong. That's all it really is for me. There's all kinds of resources that you can read and so on and so forth. But I basically, has a little gong. And I sit in silence and do meditation. About half the time I managed to do this with my bride, Beverly, to start our day. And I'll do that for 20 minutes. That's where I start my day. Then I'll have a workout, either by myself or with the personal trainer, Rico. Rico comes to the gym in our home, and uh, he comes four days a week. And then I'll mix the other days in with cardio. After I work out with Rico, I will take a shower, and then I take a cold shower. And remember, we had uh, the great Wim Hof on, and that was uh, season two, episode 55. And Wim Hof is everywhere. You look online or social media today, Wim is everywhere. And just the benefits and power of a cold shower. And and so here's what happened. I got out of that habit in the last quarter of last year, and I had I'd gone through the different levels with the Wim Hof app, and I started right back up at the start of the year, and I went back to beginner level. So I was went from having two and a half minute cold showers back to 15 seconds. And by the way, 15 seconds was all I could handle when I started again. So it's okay. We all fall off the wagon. We all get back on. The routine is everything. Then I'll, I'll have a breakfast. It's either oatmeal or an egg white omelet. And then I read. Those are the five things I do to start my day. When I do those five things, here's the great news. I've won the day. Like, it, it just really doesn't matter kind of what happens after that. It, it doesn't matter if there's calamity or chaos. If things don't go my way, I've kind of won the day. So the marvelous thing is, I've typically won my day before 9 o'clock every morning. I've already won. What a great feeling. To know you've won the day. That's what I do. And I'm sharing that with you. That's my routine. And now what I've gotten a little flexibility on is like when a day like the other day, when it blows up, I'm saying, okay, can I get those five things done throughout the day? It's not as easy. And I used to be, if I didn't work out in the morning, I didn't work out at all. And now I'm like, ah, I'm going to get it done because that's the discipline. But ultimately, when you have a routine like this, here's what it does with your disciplines. It takes choice out of it. 
If you want to eat well, prepare early. Have your meals prepared before you're hungry. And then you make, you don't have to make a decision. I find that I do really well with financial investment and I follow a very disciplined plan. I don't, oh my God, three years ago, the founders of the cryptocurrencies were coming. I was invited to meetings to get in on the ground floor. A very disciplined investor because I have planned ahead of time what I'm doing. I'm willing to look at an opportunity and say, yeah, that might make money, but it's not what I'm going to do. It's not part of my discipline. And discipline is the key. And so to me, start off with the morning. Tim Ferriss says, if you win the morning, you win the day. John Maxwell said, motivation gets you going, but discipline is what keeps you going. Second dynamic after you win the morning, you want to win the week. You want to win the week. Now, here's the beautiful news. You got to give yourself a little grace here. There's seven days in a week. If you win four of them, you've actually won, won the week. And so that's a good way because every book on winning has some losing in it. Every chapters on failure has pages of victory. Every chapter on success and winning has pages of failure. It just is life. It's life. You know, we got to increase our capacity. We got to take the hits and keep on trucking forward. Things are going to go sideways. People are going to say things. You're going to have hurt feelings. You're going to have doubt. You're going to have good days and bad days. The discipline to get you going every morning is key. And then if you win four out of seven days, you are a winner and you won that week. One of those great anonymous proverbs says, success is a series of small wins. We just need small wins. Brian Tracy said, any goal can be achieved if you break it down into small enough parts. So can you get something done in your day? You've, you've won the morning and then, okay, boom, you got this done, this done, this done. You won. You won the day and you did that four times out of seven. You won the week. So the, the thing is, the feelings betray us. We feel like we're behind. We feel like we're not making progress. But the truth of the matter is, keep track. Lean into your disciplines. Win four out of the seven days, you are a winner. And then you want to win the year. Win the year. What's the formula there? 12 months in a year. If you win eight out of the 12 months. So how do we do it? I win the morning, I've won the day. If I win four out of the seven days, I've won the week. If I win three weeks out of the month, I've won the month. And if I win eight months out of the year, I've won the year. And this has been a formula I've taught for many times called the win the day formula. And we're going to actually do an entire episode devoted to this and really break it down into some how-tos for you, along with some resources that you can get on the itsagoodlife.com website. So you want to win the morning, win the week, and then you want to win the year. Helen Keller used to say, we can do anything we want to if we stick to it long enough. No doubt. Ernest Shackleton, my wife's all-time favorite hero, brilliant, brilliant, Irish-born, by the way, British hero, but Irish-born. He says, by endurance, we conquer. If you've never seen the movie Shackleton, I highly recommend Kenneth Branagh was in that brilliant movie, fabulous story about Sir Ernest Shackleton and his team that got stuck in Antarctica and uh, 14 months and managed to survive. So we want to win the morning, win the week, win the year, and that's how we devote ourselves to discipline. Thirdly, if you really want to harness the power of ambition to truly set yourself up to you know, get that source of the good life flowing for you, you want to find your example. And in Find Your Example, you want a role model. A definition of a role model by nature is a person who serves as an example by influencing others. It's important. Not everybody's a role model. And they don't have to be perfect. I'll share with you some of my role models here today. And each one of them had a fatal flaw. We all have fatal flaws as human beings. We all need one another. We all need coaching. We all need help. 
But it doesn't mean that your role model has to be perfect, but it doesn't mean that they don't have something to offer. And usually a role model is somebody who's a mentor in the areas that you either admire the most or need the most, okay? Oprah said a mentor is someone who allows you to see the hope inside yourself. John Crosby, a politician in the 1800s, said, mentoring is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. A study from Utrecht University said, role models really matter for entrepreneurial careers. 54% of successful entrepreneurs surveyed had a role model. Okay, so more than half had a role model they could follow. I just think it's critical. You know, I've mentioned my role models and my mentors many times. Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Og Mandino, Brian Tracy, Earl Nightingale. In fact, I'm going to do an episode on each one of these guys. I'm going to actually share what I've learned from each one of these men. So I'm going to do five different episodes on what I learned from their teachings and then what I learned from them personally. So I'll give you a little bit behind the scenes. And I'm going to share my relationship with Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and, and Brian Tracy. And I, I learned things to do. And I also learned some things not to do. Earl Nightingale, the same. Ogmandino, the same. And I'm, I'm going to share that with you. You know, they say don't meet your mentors. That's because people have put their mentors not as the role of a role model, but as this on a pedestal hero. And they say never meet your heroes because it's always disappointing. Of course, because we paint the picture. It's like reading a book. How often have you read a book and then they made a movie about it? Rarely does it match up. What you want is you want to find a role model that's strong in the area of something you need or strong in the areas of what you admire. If you're looking for perfect, there's very few of those. I found one. I found one. And uh, I go to church to talk to him every Sunday. So if you're looking for me to be perfect, you might want to check elsewhere. Uh, I don't know where that exists. The key with understanding a mentor is like what Michael Johnson says. A good mentor offers directions and driving tips from the back seat. You still have to drive the car. You know, I'm so passionate about helping people achieve. Built this phenomenal coaching company with these extraordinary people. Extraordinary staff, extraordinary coaches. I mean, think about it. A coach's job is to help somebody reach their goals. Quicker, faster, and better, and with less pain than they could do by themselves. That's what a coach's job is at Pavini Company. So I have these extraordinary people. We have the extraordinary job. We provide all these support and resources and tools. We produce the marketing support and the personal notes, and we develop CRMs, and we do all of these things, training systems, and all the things that somebody needs to succeed. But at the end of the day, we're still in the back seat. You're driving the car. You have to do the work. You have to do the activities. You know, I can tell you about my morning routine, but you've got to not only have a morning routine, then you got to get your butt out of bed and go do it. So we're in the back seat. We're cheering you on. We're encouraging you on. We're coaching you up, supporting you in every way we can, just like this podcast is today. But you got to go do it. You got to resolve in your heart to go do it. The second thing you want to do in finding your example is model your mentor's behavior. Imitation, we all know, is the highest form of flattery. And one of the most powerful statements you can ever have is if they can do it, I can do it. You know, you meet somebody who's, achieve success. And it's like, hang on a second here. You know, they are, it is demystifying. Like they're, they're not a rocket scientist. Like they're doing these basic fundamentals every single day. They're just really disciplined, really determined. And they've done it over a long period of time. I can do that. If they can do it, I can do it. Jay Lauren Norris, who's a speaker says, if you cannot see where you're going, ask someone who's been there before. What a concept. And then lastly, 
as we get the role model, we model our behavior, we get to be the role model. We get to be the role model, right? So you find your examples and then you become the example. And that's the, that's the natural progression of this stuff is this is what I've learned. This is how I've lived. Now this is what I'm going to give to you. So it's learn, do, teach. Learn, do, teach. Every one of you listening, you know, you have things in your life you've accomplished, aspects of your character that are admirable, and in some way, shape, or form, you are a role model of someone else. And obviously, the more consistent you are, the more disciplined you are, the longer you do it, the more of a role model you get to be, the more of a mentor you get to be. But isn't that one of the ways that you can attest to the good life and a life well-lived? that you were a role model to your family, you were a role model to your loved ones, you were a role model to your staff and your peers, your colleagues, you were a role model to your customers, you were a role model to other seekers, other seekers who wanted to go, I I want to improve, I I want to change, I want to get better. I have a number of these young men I've had in my life that I've mentored over the years, and it's one of the great joys in my life when I get to have a FaceTime or a, a Zoom call or just a phone call with one of these folks I've been working with for maybe 15 years. So we want to be that example. We want to be that role model. Robin Sharma said, model the behavior you wish more people would display. Lead first. Aesop said, being a good example teaches others to be good. As you're learning, as you're growing, as you're doing, develop that role model mindset. I always say, take somebody in the carpool lane with you on the road to success. So we talked today about how to turn wishes into desires. We talked about how to devote yourself to discipline and how to find your example. We want to harness this healthy ambition. It's the source code for the good life. You know, I happen to believe this. I believe this spiritually. I believe this personally. And I believe this experientially. I've been three decades in the personal growth and development business, the coaching business, the training business. And here's what I will tell you. I have never met a person yet who was not deserving of the good life. I have never met a person yet who was not capable of the good life. And wherever you are in your life today, emotionally, financially, relationally, in your career, absolutely positively, you can live as good a life as you can imagine. If you will harness a healthy ambition, the healthy ambition inside yourself, that strong desire to do something or see something happen, Do it in the service of others. Do it by giving. Do it by being, by bringing more to the table and bringing more out of others. If you do that, you'll find that source of the good life for yourself. You'll turn your wishes into desires. You'll be able to devote yourself to discipline. And not only will you find your example in role models, you will be a role model. And that, to me, is the very essence of the good life. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this today. Our goal is to delight all of you, our listeners. We love hearing from you. We love uh, your feedback. We love your recommendations. We love when you tell your friends about this podcast. And uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in, listening. We hope you enjoy this. We're endeavoring to really take this podcast to another level as we continue to prepare to bring the best content we can to support you and help you in your life. And speaking of someone who helps me in my life with all this content I create is our producer, David Lally, who's uh, here today. And he has a few good words for you. Thanks, Brian. Great stuff, as always. We're here in the control room, Danny and I, enjoying the content. Uh, Hard to call this a job sometimes. Lots to digest here. I hope you listeners are enjoying the show. Thanks for your reviews, as always. We heard from Mary Beth 
Lynch. Never a dull moment listening to the master, Brian Buffini. Just when I think I can't learn one more thing, he comes up with another pearl that helps me in my life and business. I discovered Brian four years ago during a cold New England winter uh, when I was looking to keep myself active. So I'd go on long hikes and Brian would come with me. Over time, he's become the voice that I associate with wisdom, down-to-earth advice, and just a wonderful outlook on life. Nobody better at helping with your business and life than Mr. Brian Buffini. I paid good money, Brian, for that review. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mary Beth. Fantastic. We agree. Uh, thanks for your reviews. Do share it with others and uh, head over to itsagoodlife.com if you haven't checked out the website yet. Lots of stuff on there, tools for your business and your life and more, Brian. In the meantime, here's his mom, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.